Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello, good people of the internet. This is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. Thank you once again for joining us. As always, I am with my co-host Darren Jolly. Hi. Uh, this week, or I always say this week, this episode we are going to be talking about the Trump phenomenon and trying to figure out exactly what the hell is going on and if that dipshit can be reelected. But I know Darren's got some thoughts on it. <laughs> well, one in one of the previous episodes, um, I mentioned uh, uh, an interview that Slavoj Žižek had where um, somebody asked him, uh, who he would vote for in the 2016 election if he were a U.S. citizen. And he said that he would vote for Trump. And uh, everybody went crazy when he said this. And I, I don't know if he, he sort of has backpedaled on this statement a little bit because he took so much flack over it. But when he originally made the statement, he said, uh, Hillary is the embodiment of uh, an establishment candidate. And she created an impossible coalition. She She connected... Uh, occupy Wall Street to Wall Street itself. Um, and uh, Trump represented uh, an ha- a hard deviation. Now, part of the reason why everybody criticized him over what it was that he uh, said was that uh, Trump was dangerous. And this was something that Zizek acknowledged from the, from the, from the get-go, but he was also suggesting that you need somebody uh, who can threaten the structure of the system if you're going to get the system to change at all in the first place. But what ends up happening uh, in, in in this moment, we've seen uh, something that, that both Zizek and William Robinson kind of like talked about, where when you start to have crises in capitalist systems, uh, your, your hegemonic position with regards to the way that the state reproduces itself uh, starts to dissipate. And when I say hegemonic, I mean uh, like a system that reproduces itself through consent, which means that something comes in from the side that's more authoritarian, or in the case of uh, Trump, uh, sort of like reflects this sort of like neo-fascist uh, rise. Um, and a lot of the rhetoric that was coming around what happened on January 6th reflected um, this sentiment where uh, these people were suggesting the system's not functioning anyway, so we're just going to take it back by force, uh, which is sort of like a beginning of the end kind of way of thinking about stuff. Um, but uh, <clears throat> when I think about the what, what you know the the Trump phenomenon, these are the kinds of things that I'm I'm wondering about. Um, and there's 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 a lot to it, um, but uh, it definitely represents uh, a shift from where you had like uh, the Republicans were essentially like identified as neocons. Generally speaking, the the centrist liberals were identified as neoliberals. And they were sort of two sides of the same coin. One of them would deal with sort of like transnational military positions, and the other one would deal with sort of transnational uh, legal positions, you know, creating spaces to where uh, the WTO, the IMF, the World Bank, um, uh, NAFTA, all of these different sort of like institutions and treaties would allow for the functioning of, of, of a new kind of system that transcended the nation-state system. So... I, I'm not saying that I agree or, or disagree with anything you or Zizek said. Um, what 
I think, though, when we're talking about the Trump phenomenon, is that we can't talk about... Because our entire idea behind the show is that we want to see where our stupidity is taking us. So I, I think that we kind of have to look at Trump, <laughs> at least to some degree, as a civilian prior to his, his presidential stuff. And, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but the, I mean, the fact is he was a pretty shitty businessman from the point of running hotels and, and things like that. He wasn't very good at it. What Propri he was proprietary at, education institutions, not good at that either. What, what he was good at was selling his fucking name. Um, and, and that's actually how he got by for, all of those years was because he would sell his name to some investor from China or Japan or, or the Philippines, Malaysia, wherever. And then they'd build a hotel and you know, it would be called Trump Plaza or whatever. So he's a shitty businessman, a pretty good salesperson. He understands what people want at any given time, I think, because he's a salesman. And that is important when we're talking about what it is he's trying to do, what it is he did while he was in office, and really how he got elected to begin with. I mean, because he was supposedly being honest with these people, right? So he got the entire fucking Rust Belt to vote for him. He got bikers to vote for him. I, and when I say bikers, I don't mean like Lance Armstrong bikers. I mean like motorcycle guys, Hell's yeah. Angels Hell's An yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. And not to say that it was the Hell's Angels or the Banditos or any 1% club necessarily, but it was a lot of them. Um, so he got a lot of people that didn't traditionally vote anyway to vote and vote for him. And, and somehow... He still has this group of people that is, you know, your traditional Republicans, the, the farmers that are like 80 years old now. Um, apparently, the, the bikers and, and the Rust Belt people who have just been fed up with, with politicians for forever. And so he's got these people in addition to these fucking weirdo fascist almost neo-nazi type of people that are running people over in virginia and you know storming the capitol and in washington dc so he's got a pretty wide breadth of personalities that he he talked into voting for so do you think i mean so some of what you're saying there is that it's like you said there was a trump before there was a president trump and he had this name that he was selling, and that was part of what he brought to it. But he brought this r rhetorical spin, like with what it was that he was doing. Like he, I know that he was struggling uh, in his activity. He he started to dip when they were still in the middle of the primaries until Steve Bannon came in and said, "Dude, you need to start talking about, uh, like you said, the Rust Belt. You need to see, start talking about deindustrialization." You need to start talking about uh, immigrants. You need to start talking about uh, this kind of idea of the United States as uh, 
something that's been lost that we need to we need to get back so i mean is this what you're ta- so like like you said the name but there's there's like this other well but it's it's more than that and this is what i was trying to figure out because i didn't think for a million fucking years that idiot would be elected but he knew how to play people like you know uh a violinist plays the violin. I mean, he he was that good. He was he belonged in an orchestra because he was just plucking strings like crazy. And part of that, sadly, was the stuff that you'd think that there's no way he's going to get elected now. Like when he's saying, "Well, yeah, I grabbed her pussy." Grab her pussy, yeah. Whatever. He, he those, gets a lawsuit things. from a from a porn star. You know, I mean, what. What the fuck, dude? And and it's he was he's not even I mean he's not even still just the he's not the president anymore and he is still the center of the entire US political universe. Biden is is a, is a distant second. He he dictates everything in the Republican party still right now. I mean well, that doesn't say a lot about the Republican party. <laughs> um honestly, I mean serious so you know, there's. You can only let someone bother you if you let them bother you. And if you continually respond to whatever, uh, a tweet or an allegation or whatever, then you are assisting him by keeping him in the spotlight yeah everybody it's like it's like a a a car crash you know a a, a long i mean during his whole presidency it was a twitter car crash you know where everybody just kept looking at the stupid shit that he'd say or the inflammatory things that he'd say what was he going to say next this is the president of the united states can you can you believe and it's like a it's like a i don't know a slasher film or something that you can't fucking take your eyes off of i mean right and and that's exactly what it is um and I don't think that it's it's a good thing. Um, you know, if you say it's that, if that if that's really what it is, it's not just not saying anything about the Republican Party. It's or, or it's or it's not saying something about the Republican Party. It's saying something about the entire U.S. population when it comes to electoral politics and how we think about our system. Because everybody was, you know, sucked into that. Not everybody, everybody, but there was the vast majority of the U.S. population that pays attention to things was sucked into that well, dynamic. I'm not even talking about the election. I'm talking about now. Because you said he is still, yeah. you know, the center of this, this universe or whatever. So, so then why is he still, you know the center of this universe i that's why i said you know you can't respond to a tweet or you can't respond to him because we're really the ones that are keeping him in the mix but i I, like the i think so the the reason why i started to talk about all those structural things at the beginning and and talking about neocons and neolibs and about how they were both side two sides of the same coin uh, the vast majority of those politicians are protecting their financial in- interests that extend way beyond any of the interests of in- infrastructure. You know, everything that you do with, as a normal uh, representative of the citizens uh, becomes secondary because they're just busy trading stocks and, you know, make, shaking hands in, ba- in back rooms. 
and trying to look like they're. I mean, you remember, um, and I, I'd mentioned this before. You remember um, coming coming up to uh, Trump being elected. You had Bush one. There was there was a commercial. It had Bush one, Clinton, Bush two. And I think Obama's wife was on the commercial, too. And they're talking about why we can't elect. I mean, these were people that hated each other, right? So the whole point, the reason why I think that they pulled all those people in, people know when they're being duped. And the system of the way that neolibs and neocons function for their own private interests demonstrates that they're being duped. And you can't sit there and say, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking out for you, but I'm basically fucking you every time I fucking put something in play. Yeah, I don't think that people actually know when they're being duped. Because if they did, we would be in an entirely different situation by now. And I'm not just talking about Trump. I'm talking about all of them. I'm talking about Bush 1, Bush 2, Clinton. I'm talking about Obama. I'm talking about all of them. Pelosi and fucking... Schumer, yeah. Um, all of them. McConnell, yeah. Um... I, I don't think people know that they're being duped, and if they do, then they use that shit head argument, you know, well, it's the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you say it's two sides of the same coin, but that doesn't that doesn't talk to the Trump phenomenon. Well, it does, though, because it so there was this vacuum that created this space for something different to come in. That was what 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 it what it opened up, I think. I mean, when when they just kept doing and saying the same things, yeah, they were looking well, for an outlet. I always said that if I was going to run for president, mm-hmm. that I would just be honest yes, with people. I remember. You know, this, I yes. said that I would tell everybody that I smoked pot and that I've had you know DUIs and that I did all of this stuff and that I would just be honest with them and I'd tell them, you know, I'll, I'll try to help you guys get jobs. I'll try to bring jobs back, but more than likely. There's not shit I can do about it because labor is cheaper elsewhere. Um, you know, the only thing we can do is become better at something else. And then we can get jobs, right? Um, so I was thinking about being honest with people. Now, Trump, I think, did that to some degree. But I don't think that that's all he was doing. Like I said, I think he was selling something. Um, and, and it might have been the Trump name. It might have been his fucking weird orange hair thing that he's got going. It's the Trump snake oil. I mean, that's what it really looks like. So, but now we're again, I mean, they're talking about running him again, right? Mm-hmm. So if they run him again, and he's reelected, then does that mean people know when they're being duped? Well, when I say that they know that they're being duped, I don't say that they... Look, when, when changes occur in a system that are so drastic, like what's going on in the United States right now, and throughout the world for that matter, to be perfectly honest with you, and why... We have to coordinate so many of our policies with the policies of other nations because essentially we become integrated into those other nations in many respects, right? When, but you like nationalism was this thing that was constructed that 
people have such an emotional affinity to. Like it's it's how you reproduce the system that allows it to continue to go forward. It's how it doesn't fall on its face. So if he ends up being in that, so I guess the duped thing that I was saying is is that they they don't understand fully what they see, all the changes that are happening, but they they can see that that well that guy's saying some bullshit. You know, Paul Ryan saying some bullshit. Mitt Romney saying some bullshit. Barack Obama saying some bullshit. Uh, Joe Biden saying, so all these motherfuckers are essentially saying the same thing, you know, just a little bit different, you know. So I don't think that they understand the the dynamics of the being duped, but they know that there's something that's afoot. You know, they they, they don't get the full the, the full depth and breadth of what it is that's happening with it. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think that they're just so happy that someone they voted for got elected that they don't give a shit it's just like catharsis at that point in time oh that fucking sucks you know and you so all this time we've been talking about this nationalism and i think it's funny because when i hold the door open for a girl or whatever they always talk about chivalry well chival chivalry is just nationalism i mean it's basically saying hey go go team go usa holding a door is go usa no but chivalry is (laughs) um but nobody realizes that and and it just made me think about that because it's kind of funny because well it's not funny at all it's actually pretty fucking scary because when you talk about all of the nationalism that's going on the nationalism that's being created is this weird you have to be this tall and this color and and this type and that's really xenophobic and if you come from somewhere else we don't appreciate you at all um and what it really is i mean let's be honest it's just fucking racist yeah it's it's very hate it's very aryan yeah with the way that it plays out (laughs) And who knows, maybe somewhere, you know, I mean, maybe in Zaire they're saying nobody from the Congo can come in or, <laughs> or whatever. And so you don't have to be white necessarily. Maybe their nationalism is, is still just as hateful, but against a different group of people. But in Hungary, it's it's a white thing. Yeah. in russia it's a white thing but it's a certain kind of white thing like like there is there is anti-ukrainian and anti-russian dispositions in those spaces but then there are also really uh strong like integrative kind of like we're you know i mean there's like there's the strain of one and there's the strain of the other at the same time it's it's fucking it's it's a very odd so how do we kill the trump phenomenon I mean, because when I say that, I'm not just talking about Trump, because really, I think he's a fad. It's it's one of those things that's going to go away, right? At least that's what I'm hopeful for. Not not automatically, though. I mean, not without, not without something happening. Not without, if these internal contradictions that are allowing him to come to the surface. So this is, this is one, I, one thing I was reading last night when I was thinking about it, all right? And it's out of a book, uh, William I. Robinson, uh, 
Global Capitalism and the Crisis of Humanity, uh, page 163. He says, in, the, in, the, in this section, is called 21st Century Fascism. He actually wrote the book in 2014. It was way before Trump. Was, I, he had not even announced, you know, I mean, it was already in, in, in the printing. And, and uh, it says... So he's talking about the crisis of capitalism in this moment. He says, this, the crisis consists precisely in the fact that the old is dying and the new cannot be born. So like, like I'm saying, you have, you have this system of nation states, but you have this political economy that's, that's functioning on a global level. We identify at a nation state level, and that's the way that the system reproduces itself. But the, when it becomes more integrated, something else has to happen because we start to realize that this is just a bullshit dance that we're doing every time we do our election. So then are we talking about one world order? Is that the change you're talking about? I, you know, I, I, I mean, part of it is, is that we're all incorporated into that space on some level. But when you say one world order, I don't. Uh, so the, so he says so. And it, it was a quote from Gramsci that he was quoting. So in the interim, a great variety of morbid symptoms appear. So when you when something new comes, when something like that people resist and the change is like materially already existing. Like, I mean, how do you, are you just going to quit? You're going to reincorporate all of your production positions inside of the United States. I mean, these things are already happening and the sphere of power is existing above it. So like it, like you said with Trump, Trump becomes this space of catharsis where the anger and the inability to be effective can be played out. Like in a, even if it's just in like a, Franz Fanon kind of like the way that he talked about violence in in in, in relation to uh, um, colonialism, where he compared it to 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 a, a dance, you know, next to the fire. It's just a symbolic act, you know. I mean, all those mother. You you go back, you watch January sixth. Did you see anybody that was there that was not white? You know, I mean, there were a couple of people, you know, but everybody there was white, and they were just doing. They're going through this. Uh, uh, sort of like fantasy sort of dance violent act that was purely purely symbolic on every level they were never gonna fucking get the whole thing right and i i know what we're doing is trying to make people think and i know we are two of those people that we're also trying to you know think deeper and and wider mm -hmm. um but what you're saying well one goes against everything that I've said at least in a couple of previous episodes um, and two it scares the shit out of me okay what 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 was the one thing what's one the no the the one thing is is that I've been stating for a long time that it's this isn't black or white or mexican or or Asian it's poor and rich mm -hmm. it's the haves and the have nots um and i i think that a lot of those people on january 6th happen to be have nots and i think that like any any gang they recruit you because you have a low self-esteem and you don't feel like you're part of something mm -hmm. and i think that that's you know what happened but if that kind of recruitment continues to happen and the have-nots that happen to be white are gathering, then these people in the sphere of power above them are going to have their own little mini militia. Tool. And, and, yeah. and the word mini is just used 
as a placeholder more than anything, uh-huh. they're going to have their own fucking army, really. Yeah. Um, where so they how does that go say, against? How does that go against what what you said before, though? Because because what I want to happen is that all of the plebes proles have nots gather together, regardless of race, color, or creed. And what you're saying is happening is that the have nots. Proles, plebes, are happening to gather in one place if they're white. Okay, so so you you created a distinction when you said that, though. You said that I'm saying that there's something that's happening, right? And you said this is something that I want to happen. No, I said that it's scaring the shit out of me. Yeah, but you said, but you did say what I want to happen is, you know. For the numbers of the people who are being don't have don't have real power or disenfranchised in a number of different ways, to to to, to gather and to, to to understand that they have a common a common situation and, and to really band together in that space. And there's this other thing that's happening. So that's what we and we we both agree. We both want this this to happen. But what scares me is that, like you said, in the meantime. There's this other thing that's happening, and it, it 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 dude. Of course, it's fucking scary. I mean, like, even as I say that what happened on January sixth was symbolic. It's not just symbolic when a president who clearly lost, former President Trump, you clearly lost. You're a fucking idiot. Don't be fucking dumb. You clearly lost, and you still maintain this ridiculous bullshit because you're trying to motivate people to do things that are counter to the to the system that's been functioning for all this time uh but like we were talking beforehand uh i brought that thing up so there's this thing called schedule f it was something that he was trying to put in place uh he uh being uh president trump before he went out of office and it was this uh uh act that would allow him to purge some fifty thousand civil service members um this is something that if he comes back in as president will come up and that one little group of uh, Aryan bandits that are motivated to act on behalf of the president because they don't believe the system is functioning anymore, because that's essentially what he's saying. He's essentially saying, the system does not function anymore. You need to put me back in power so that I can uh, you know, give you pride back, but the system is not going to function. And that's, that's why I use the term militia when I said many militia, mm-hmm. at least initially. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the one in the sphere of power above it. But what you can see is that clearly if someone smarter and, and better organized and not as loud, because the loud part is the not dangerous part, but the loud part is the part where some of those things aren't going to be able to happen because of how loud it is right so if you're quieter and you've got this power and and money behind you now you can start to organize and get things in line where you don't know what the fuck they're going to do next right mm-hmm. but that's part of the the scary thing and the, and the thing that bothers me more is that if these loudmouth trumpers are doing it here right and they're you know, a beers or, or whatever, then maybe somewhere else we've got other groups 
that are banding together and they're just all black and all Mexican and all all Asian and, and so on and so forth. So you end up with all of these multiple mini militias again instead of just one that would be, you know, hey, we're the have-nots. Do you know, do you know I, what I'm saying? I, I, mean, I, I understand, but I don't think that, I mean, and of course, like, because I'm hopeful, I like, you you would hope that that if you create a response to that type of uh, incredibly reactionary activity, like through those those white militias, uh, that that could you know could codify could form. Um, we we don't have to do it. I mean, we other people can do it in a smart way where we're not bound by these identity spaces. You know, I mean, but of course, like there's nothing. I mean, the only thing I could say is in in the wake of uh, the George Floyd killings, uh, the protesters were were uh, multiracial. You know, I mean, so but, but a lot of those people were the the white guilt people, the ones that just want to jump yeah, in. They don't understand the because real. Because they're woke. Yeah, they yeah. don't. They don't understand the real. The real. They don't want it because these people are prepared to do some pretty awful things. The the the, the angry white. Yes. Because Trayvon Martin, you know, some of those people did the same thing. Um. Anyway, I uh-huh. I didn't mean to get you too far off of schedule F because I know that that was kind of what you wanted to talk about. It just, it bothered me because I saw this thing building and if it keeps building in my head, or I should say if it keeps building in real life, the way I see it building in my head, then we're in for some dangerous oh, times. It could turn into race wars. I mean, that's, that's the scariest thing, you know, I mean, and we don't, you know, we, I like, I hope that people are smart enough to know that the, 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 the money that's behind this, uh, because Trump, quite frankly, isn't any different from Hillary Clinton, or you know, he just in it to to make make money too. He's using those people as a tool, you know. I mean, and this could turn into an incredibly nightmarish uh, tool. And so. I I think that that's what people need to realize is that he is using them as a tool for you know whatever means you know. Um, because he can say he did that and now you know maybe he's offered fuck a radio program mm-hmm. or maybe he's making money off of his twitter account because he's got 1.2 million followers or you know same with youtube and and whatever um and i don't know how that works maybe he can't make money off of it because he's planning on running but either yeah. way mm-hmm. i mean he can go and charge $50,000 a plate at a pancake breakfast. Now, that's who's going to show up to that pancake breakfast? That is another question because <laughs> the guys that stormed the White House don't have $50,000. So who is the money behind trump well after the thing happened at mar-a-lago you know and i know we're, we're tangenting all over the place now but after the thing at mar-a-lago all the people that were critical of what happened on january 6th all the mainstreamers a couple of them didn't didn't fall in line but like uh what's the governor of florida's name desantis yeah he uh, i mean he had been highly critical of trump and he fell in line you know right. i mean all of these people who uh were critical of that moment recognized that he still is the 
an, the anointed king. I mean, quite quite frankly, you know. So I think that he's got a lot of people that would pay $50,000 for that. Oh, no. He, <laughs> he has people that would pay, but that's my point, mm -hmm. is that the ones that can afford $50,000 for whatever, maybe it's not pancakes, maybe it's salmon. Because that's an important point. I yes. mean, if you're going to pay $50,000, you should at least get a good piece of meat out well, of it. pancakes are cheap, dude. Yeah. So who's going to spend $50,000? Anyway, um, <laughs> so that's that was what I was trying to point out, is that the ones he's got running around doing stupid shit for him are not the ones that are paying for the the lunch. Um, you know, DeSantos might be. The Saudis, to be sure. Israel, for sure. A couple sure. of Russians. Yeah, uh, de yeah definitely. Definitely a couple of Russians. Not anybody in the FBI or the CIA. You know, but the other thing about, and I just don't, just real quick before the that, that was it F, Section F, or Function Schedule F? Schedule F. Schedule F, yeah. Um, it's odd when people talk, I mean, the deep state is real in some respects. I mean, because if you get people in a certain position of power inside, inside the CIA, inside the FBI, you can have a continuity of uh, policy uh, directions and activities to make sure that, uh, you know, the trajectories are, are, are the same. That's that's part of the reason why you keep those people in, in place. But if he was capable of purging them and then putting other people in those spots, uh, you think the bureaucracy, bureaucracy inside the Soviet Union uh, was punishing? Uh, we have way more capabilities than they do. So uh, the ability to observe, the ability to, to, to punish opponents. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to think positively. I like to be hopeful that he wouldn't be that uh, aggressive with regards to it. But uh, since he, when he, when he was elected, he there was so, the 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 people who were in those intelligence agencies were so aggressive towards him from the moment that he won the election. Um, I think that he would probably uh, want a little bit of revenge. Well, yeah, but I mean, so that Schedule F, and I I haven't read it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but based on what you're telling me and, and being able to purge whoever in, in civil service is is problematic for a couple of different reasons. <clears throat> One, we're talking about people that know and understand an organization from top to bottom, regardless of what organization we're talking about, right? Whether we're talking about the EPA the FDA or the CIA. Yeah. Right? Not yeah, not just intelligence, many other institutions. So they they know the the ins and outs from top to bottom, you know, they know what works, what doesn't work, um all of that stuff. But if we focus just on the intelligence aspect of it, you know, there there are intelligence agencies out there that well, honestly, we we don't really know about Okay, so the government has admitted to having, I think it's a total of nine intelligence agencies. I can't name all nine. I can name the CIA, the FBI, Department of Naval Intelligence, the NSA. Um, you know, those are the big ones. If you consider the DEA intelligence... But technically, the DEA is a part of the FBI. I well, think. the ATF is part of the okay, FBI. Okay, okay, okay. The DEA is separate, so the DEA. So now I'm at six. Postal inspectors are part of the FBI. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and maybe the nine that they admit to are, are just subsets of another one. I don't know. The, the point I'm trying to get at is that if there are organizations that we don't know about, you know, like let's say there's a group that has a budget large enough to open up black sites all over the United or all over the world. And then to utilize black sites for whatever. Plus they have safe houses and all kinds of other shit. If there's an organization that has that capability and that power, then I'm pretty sure they have the capability to see what Trump is doing and shut him up if they want to. Mm -hmm. And I, I would think that after, so there's a couple of things, right? Safety. You know, you've got all of these people in the field, you know, deep cover ops and Al Qaeda and whatever. There's also, sadly, there's deep cover ops inside, say, Tyco or Hyundai or, you know, some of these corporate organizations Mm -hmm. because they're getting intel that way. Yes. Um, So all of these deep cover ops, if you're going to purge them every... Four, four years. years yeah um there's a, a danger aspect to that for the the people in the field i think i the, my my concern was of course you're right that is absolutely and, and i as 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 cynical as brian and i always are i want you to appreciate that he just said something that was not negative about the need for intelligence <laughs> right that 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 was a landmark thing i never thought i'd hear but he, you know, security is an important thing, and there are people that are out to to harm aspects of who we are and what we do. Um, but what I'm really afraid of is not the a shift every four years. I'm afraid that this is a shift that will be permanent, and that we will not have. We might have elections, but they'll be like Putin's elections, you know. Yeah. Where there'll be fake people that'll be put up, and there'll be fake people counting them. I mean, I really like after after the way that they, the the metaphor of the the dance that went on on January 6th. I'm, I'm, you know, we, we need to be mindful of how the internal contradictions in the system are creating problems to where things like this are happening and how, if we don't find solutions to these fairly quickly, you can basically kiss the ass of democracy all the way gone. And we know that it's just very, uh, it's not really strong right now anyway. We're on the precipice. Yeah, we are. We're at a Rubicon. <laughs> we're we're at a decision point. You know, that fork in the road. It's fucking scary, dude. So, you know what? what's even worse is that it wouldn't matter who won that war, right? So, Schedule F gets passed. Yeah. Or it's it's about to be passed. Well... That starts a war because these people that are entrenched in this, you know, somebody who's been in their position for decades or, you know, even if they've only been there three or four years, but they've been in that organization for decades, they're not going to let that happen. But let's say no matter who won the war, now they can install anybody they want at Mm -hmm. any point because if... The intelligence agencies win. Now, they've got the power to do whatever the fuck they want. And if 
the executive order passes and he can purge whoever he wants, then he can just install puppets all around him all the time. Well, then, like, like, so the other side of it, you know, like the, the, the Democrats, their rhetorical disposition since Bush has been, it, they're just too dangerous. They're just too dangerous. So they, they can, you, yeah, they could, they would follow that line of logic to justify all the bullshit that they would be doing. Yeah, you, you can literally see there's all these rhetoricals because, again, you know what they're going to say in 2024 when the elections come around. Because barring Trump, you know, having a heart attack or a stroke or uh, having somebody come out and uh, take care of him, line, yeah, yeah uh, he's going to run for president in 2024, you know. So uh, I, the, the rhetorical dispositions already like MSNBC and CNN and all them, they're already. You know, you, you can't, it's too dangerous. He's so dangerous. He's the most dangerous. And there's a measure of truth to it. But for fuck's sake, they don't fucking learn anything. They're just as bad. They're all fucking horrible. But that's why, the, that's what I'm saying. You know, the best way to take care of a bully is to not acknowledge said bully. You know, if he's pushing you, you've got two choices. You either push back or you walk away. Mm -hmm. If you push back you'd better be ready to maybe get punched in the face, but more than likely he'll walk away. Cause he's a bully. That's what they do. They pick on those that they think that are, are scared of them, that, that they're not going to do anything that they can intimidate. Um, but if you ignore them, generally they quit. And if you push back, you know, at least after that initial fight, things kind of cooled down. How do you ignore him if he's running, though? I mean, how do you... I mean, how do you... Especially because you, you, you have all these people that... Well, no, but what I'm saying okay. is that now, leading up to it, uh -huh. you know, once he starts running, I don't think you can ignore him uh -huh. once he announces. Yeah. But for the time being, don't give him his... Yeah, I... You know, I never... Time. I never... Like, when, when, when Jeannie would talk to me about... Uh, his tweets i'd be like dude i don't fucking i don't take i don't get his tweets i'd never yeah. i'd never follow him because of ex exactly what you say you know i don't want anything to do with fucking because yeah it, when, every time you 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 complain about him you're giving them power you're because it's all about that energy that attention it, well you go you go and you complain to somebody let's say you're doing water cooler talk mm -hmm. or yeah. you go to you know, you're talking while you're in line at the coffee shop mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. You talk to somebody. Well, now that person is going to go talk to somebody else about it. Did you hear about that fucking tweet? So on and so forth. And it just spins out of control. Mm -hmm. And now it gets back to him that all of these people are talking about it. And he's got more juice. Yeah. And so instead of just sending out one tweet, he sends out 40. And they all say stupid bully shit. And now 40 people are doing it, and it just grows exponentially. Well, so, of course what you're saying... That's my growing sound effect. <laughs> Sorry. You, you know, MSNBC and CNN, they say that they, you know, that he's an existential threat. But they made so much fucking money as a news agency while he was, while he was president. They covered him, and they will... When he announces, like, they're feeding... What it is that you're suggesting has to be, you know, neutralized. For a reason. 
Yeah, because they're making fucking tons of money out of it. Of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. And all of them are. And that's why I say you cannot trust the news. And if you're going to do it, spread it around to different news agencies. Don't watch MSNBC solely. You know, spread it around to. And it's not going to get much better, but watch the BBC. Watch. Listen to Breaking Points with Crystal and Sagar. I mean, <laughs> spread it around. Listen to Al Jazeera. Um. I'll occasionally even listen to the Hill. I, they, any, I find a lot of stuff online. I don't get spread it around. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mother Jones. Um, I have to find stuff to listen to. I don't have time to read, so I don't have time to sit and watch. Well, so. mostly, sadly, these days it's it's hard to find anything to read mm-hmm. because everybody has put it on video now. Mm-hmm. You can't. When I go to the newspaper, I used to be able to go and read the newspaper. Now you go to their online site and it says, whatever, click here. And you click there and it's a fucking video of, so they're not newspapers anymore. Well, it's some weird. They are there too movie. as newspapers, but there's paywalls and I hate fucking paywalls. I don't yeah. like those either. <laughs> okay. So we are now coming up on 45. Um, I, I think we should just ignore them. And I think we should also not vote for him. In, in 2024, but I do want you to vote regardless of who you vote for. So if you're going to vote for a dumb cocksucker, you might as well vote for him. <laughs> um, that's that's kind of my closing thought on on everything. Um, Darren, what, what do you got to close? I, don't, I, I, mean, I mean, the thing that, that really scares me the most, that even as we're moving up towards it, uh, uh, there's, there's a gal. Uh, she was the uh, mayor of... Uh, buffalo i can't remember her name right now she she was in for just a little bit but uh she she was a socialist and she got uh booted out and she's working with these people uh to try to uh get a different person other than biden to run as a democrat i can't believe i can't remember her damn name um but uh oh oh oh, i almost got it never mind um (laughs) almost almost got it but uh um she was on uh, Bad Faith the other day with Brianna Joy Gray, and uh, well, I guess it was about three weeks ago. And and uh, Brianna asked, she she said, "So you're 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 doing all this work to try to get somebody else other than Biden, who who would be the good, the good person to put up?" And she didn't even have an answer. Like I, the problem is, is that he is he is the, Trump is the focal point, and the Democrats are so fucking wishy washy. Like the best thing that they can put up right now is his is pete Buttigieg, and pete Buttigieg is a fucking idiot so well i bill maher which i used to love him as a stand-up comedian his show kind of sucks now because he thinks he's got so much juice um but basically bill maher doesn't even like any of the democrats or or you know so anyway um later on this week we're gonna do band book band books and the list that goes along with them uh we also are coming up on political correctness um so those are the episodes we got coming up this week make sure and join us on wednesday and friday um india walton was her name sorry india walton sorry so (laughs) join us later this week and um don't forget twitter short bus debate tiktok short bus debate club and seven two zero right, three 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 four roll, roll. seven <laughs> six five five. <laughs> All right, people. Thanks. Later.